Okay, and let's speak to Dienz de Boson, who is an economic researcher at uh, Solidarity's Research Institute. He's now joining us on the line. So according uh, to their research, uh, Solidarity's Medical Professional Networks, it has found that out uh, that many South Africans or South African specialists and general practitioners would rather close their surgeries than work under the government's national health insurance. The NHI bill was recently approved by the National Council of Provinces and it is now only it now only requires uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa's signature to become law and Dienz is now joining us on the line. Dienz, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Let's start off with the question that uh, the listener just raised now. Um, did you interview any um, people who are not medical aid holders or members of a medical aid? Good afternoon, Aldrin. It's always a pleasure. Um, no, um, for this um, current piece of research, we only spoke to doctors and medical professionals. Um, so most of them would most likely have medical aid, but yep. that was not relevant to this specific study as it was more about their perceptions of the NHI as medical practitioners. Mm-hmm. J- just quickly though, before we go on to their perception, do you think that it does skew the outcome of your your research at all? considering that these are people who are already members of medical aid schemes and are also working within the current health um, health system and are more aligned to what is currently being done in, instead of having to change um, how payments are being made? No, I would not think it would because um, for the purpose of this study, um, it would not really matter. They're not speaking as recipients of medical services, but as the providers thereof. Um, so I don't think that would make much of a difference. And I also have to note that um, this study was done mainly on um, doctors and medical professionals in private practice, but some of them are also in the public sector. Yeah. And what are the concerns that they're raising? Well, the concerns that they're raising is that currently they have full control over whether they want to, for instance, work in the public sector, be an employee or have their own practices. Whereas in in the NHI framework, um, they would no longer have their that choice, and they would be assigned to certain positions by means of the so-called certificate of need, where um, the state could basically tell them, "Look, if I know you've had this practice in this town um, for many years, but there's a greater need in a different town," and then they would have to perhaps move against their will, or doctors who have always had great control over um, their own careers would um, have to cede some of that control and um, it does not sit equally well with everyone. Okay, so, so so is the issue mainly around the funds, so how the money will be handled? Will I get my money um, as, as, as soon as I get it when currently when the medical aid schemes are paying? Will it be as smooth as well? Is that the major concern? That is indeed one of the major concerns, but um, the major concern rather seems to be uh, the freedom that doctors currently have, especially in private practice, where they can decide uh, how many patients they would like to take on, etc. And if the NHI comes in, they would no longer have that freedom and they would have to um, take on all patients that are assigned to them by the state. So um, the networking of medical professionals would be impacted by that and um yeah basically they're worried about that their freedom would be infringed upon yeah it's um some are also saying that um when they decided to be a doctor it um is the picture they had in mind is very different 
than what the NHI proposes for them. Okay, so so you say some of them may leave the country. Where would they be going to? What are some of the countries that they are looking at? And also, considering that universal health coverage is now a global resolution that has been taken at the United Nations with the SDG goals as well, uh, which country do they think they'll be ending up at where they won't have such strict requirements or requirements that uh, that concern them? Yes, um, they didn't go into much detail about um, that specifically, but some of them made it clear that in Canada and Britain, for instance, it's the same system, but they would have slightly more freedom in some cases and um, much better pay. So um, that's one consideration. And then um, some are also um, considering moving to the US where it's a completely um, privatized uh, medical service or almost completely and there are many other places like the netherlands for instance where um it is also mostly state-sponsored but there is a private sector and um yeah you have the choice in countries like the netherlands switzerland etc whether you want to um, pay into the state healthcare um the state health insurance or if you want to make use of private service that would be comparable to our current medical aid system. Okay. So when we say universal healthcare has become a global phenomenon, that's true, And um, but it takes many shapes and forms. It's mm-hmm. not universal in what it looks like. For instance, South Africa at this moment has universal healthcare. You can go free of charge to a state hospital, and if you're on medical aid, you can go to a private hospital. So it is a two-tiered system which comes with its own problems, but it is still not detrimental. It's not detrimental to you know the goal of universal healthcare. Okay, okay thank you so much. That's Tien Stabosan, who's an economic researcher at the Solidarity Research Institute. And the reason that I ask about which countries also that they are eyeing is because if you look at the UK, for instance, just a couple of weeks ago, um, the uh, Richie Sunak announced um, the migration. Um, laws that they will be implementing to cut at least 300,000 immigration um, numbers every single year. So where would some of these doctors be going to?